0: This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Lady Amanda of House Richardson.
1: Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight.
0: And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we're into Chapter 51, uh, Sansa 4 of A Game of Thrones. And in Fire and Blood, we will be discussing Heirs of the Dragon, a question of succession.
1: Yeah. Mm. This is where uh, it all kind of goes down in... in, uh Fire and blood, really, it's like, man, the Targaryens have had kind of a little bit of a bumpy start, but we've had a yep. long, good reign with uh, Jaharis, but now things right. are about to get heated up, to say well, the
0: least. I mean, such a good reign, so fruitful, so many children and grandchildren, you know, but mm-hmm. almost too many, one might say. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, business is about to pick up. Okay? Yeah, you yeah. This,
0: yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Um, so, yeah, just, just to start the show off here uh, with our our small council, we just had a fantastic conversation with our patrons mm-hmm.
1: absolutely yeah uh raven's nest uh, second raven's nest was recorded you it's probably posted as the time of this comes out mm-hmm. um so as are now recording before the oscars where we believe there will be a full trailer um so you may have heard from us twice before you listen to this i yeah. uh, don't know we did get a small little teaser uh, another one of those big hbo Right, um, trailers with a lot of the different shows. We were talking about um, uh, we were talking about Deadwood. There's the Deadwood movie. Uh, Sarah and I are ex- both excited about that. Um, some other some of the other shows like Veep, and uh, I don't can't, I can't remember if Westworld was in that or not. I don't think it was. But um, we saw uh, some new Game of Thrones footage, and like yeah. right as we were getting ready to record Ravens, I was like, "All right, stop, everybody, we got to right. talk about this." So we did, uh, and we see a little bit of Arya and. Uh, a dragon and the Unsullied in what looks to be Winterfell. So
0: yeah, yeah, it was actually pretty neat. Uh, just her expression and, and the way you know she was uh, receiving the, the the dragons that were there, and and uh, we we had a good discussion about the Unsullied and where where they were last season and how they were getting here, and and you mm-hmm. know, at um, Lord Adam Parker and others had great thoughts on on. Um, well, you were even bringing up Sir Matt about the idea that that Danny uh, and John meet Sansa. Does that happen at the end of the you know the first episode? Does it happen right at the beginning? Uh, made us sort of question you know what we were seeing there, but uh, all seems mm-hmm. like it was stuff from I think Lord Alan Parker said this. that was in the beginning of the first like the first ten to fifteen minutes maybe of the mm-hmm. first episode is what they were kind of showing mm-hmm. us there. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, super exciting. Definitely, definitely go check that out. Uh, we're super, super excited for it. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it looks great. I can't wait. I'm ready for April. I'm, I'm in my rewatch right now. Yep. I'm in about season three. I definitely got some plowing through to do. Uh, you know, as as we as we get closer here, but I'll, I'll be I'll be
0: fine. I'll I'll get I'll plow through oh, yeah. here in a bit. But yeah, so. yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, <clears throat> I uh, do we have any other news or updates for anybody? I think we're. Pretty yeah, well. I think, I think we're, we're good. We got the. Uh, pretty much caught up. Yeah. Uh, T shirts are out. We had some folks wearing the T shirts. so That was kind of cool. Our patrons mm-hmm. uh, are sporting those. So that's exciting. Uh, we still have the public tea uh, place where you can go buy some merch yeah. from us. So that'll be kind of cool. I bought cool. one, actually. I yeah. was wearing it. Yeah. Yeah. Some good stuff there. Uh, so, yeah. So stay tuned for that for uh, just more merch and, and what have you. And uh, welcome again to all the new uh, listeners that we have. We know we have a lot of uh, different folks as we. Get closer to the show. Uh, We've been seeing a huge increase in listeners, and so we're happy to have you. Go check out the Facebook group, join in there, bend the knee, and uh, have a good time. It's a lot of fun. So, Mm
1: -hmm. yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right. I guess we're heading on over to the Maester Studies, Ezra.
0: Yeah, we're jumping right into it, and this is another 50-page chapter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean... That sounds sounds about right. It's unreal. So, I think we're going to start with just a... um, uh, we'll have Sir Matt just sort of read here in the beginning, like as he always does, and then we'll, we'll hop around to some of the major takeaways, is, is how we'll do it. We won't be able to cover everything, uh, but that's okay. So. Yeah,
1: it's fine. The seeds of war are oft planted during times of peace, so has it been in Westeros. The bloody struggle for the Iron Throne, known as the Dance of Dragons, fought from 129 to 131 AC, had its roots half a century earlier during the longest and most peaceful reign that any of the Conqueror's descendants ever enjoyed, that of the I Targaryen, the Conciliator. The old king and good queen, Allison ruled together until her death in 100 AC, Aside from those uh, from two periods of estrangement known as the first and second quarrels and produced 13 children, Mm. four of them, uh, four of them, two sons and two daughters grew to maturity, married and produced children of their own. Never before had the seven kingdoms had been blessed or cursed in the view of some uh, with so many Targaryen princelings. From the uh, loins of the old king and his beloved queen Sprang a, such a confusion of claims and claimants That many maesters believe that the Dance of Dragons Or sim- some similar struggle was inevitable
0: Yeah, yeah, this is uh, <clears throat> The start of it all goes back here you know. So last week we were talking about um, Good Queen Alysanne And sort of um, her death and her passing there But we have to kind of So it, it like took us through her whole life But then we go back to these this issue of uh the heirs and, and and one of the things uh i think this is the second like divide between them isn't it sir matt this is the second time where um jaharis and uh, good queen Alison mm-hmm. really disagreed yep. on what to do yep yeah yeah, so, yeah. <clears throat> um and at first it, there is no you know all is well because um prince Aemon, uh the prince of dragonstone was set up he's good to go he was. Well liked by the people, and he is the heir apparent. At one point, fr- uh, at one point they used the phrase, um, "They had an heir and a spare." <laughs> so they had uh, Prince Amon, and they also had Balon. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, we had we had the um, both of them very close brothers, uh, loved each other, and but unfortunately, in 92 AC, when uh, Amon, uh, Prince of Dragonstone, uh, he was slain on Tarth by a mirish crossbow. Uh, bolt, uh, loosed at the man beside him. So yeah, he was uh, just taken by a, by a bolt and, and did not survive. He was there, um, you know, helping to put down some, some revolt. Um, <clears throat> and, and he's, he's lost and it's, uh, you know, the king right. and queen mourn him, uh, his brother almost more so, you know, Prince Balon, uh, actually, you know, gathered the fort, gathered his forces and went and avenged his brother by, um, driving the mirror into the sea, and on his return to King's Landing, Balan was hailed as a hero by cheering throngs and embraced by his father, the king, who named him Prince of Dragonstone and heir to the Iron Throne. Yeah. So, <clears throat> thank goodness we had the spare, right? You know? Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we have the exactly. spare. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, you need an extra spare. Has it ever happened, sir, Matt? You, you, the, the one tire goes out, you get the spare, you put it on. And it's also flat, and now we're just yep. we're stuck.
1: Yes, I I have actually been in that in that exact <laughs> situation many times before. Yeah. So.
0: Oh man. Um. <clears throat> so now they back up here a little bit. So. uh it was a popular decree. So you know, you you would think right that that's just the way of it. Think back to Aeneas and Magor, and when Aeneas dies, it, it, the, the crown mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to go to Magor, was it? No. It, was, no, it was not. Right, it was, yeah. it was to go to his son. So mm-hmm. um, so when Prince Amon dies, it's like automatically he goes to... Now, if, there, if, if Prince Amon had no children, then sure, it would go to Prince Balon immediately. That would be fine. He's the next eldest son, uh, what right. have you. But Prince Amon had a child. His daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Rainies, born in 74 AC, had grown into a clever, capable, beautiful young woman... Uh, in 90 AC, at the age of 16, she had wed the king's admiral and master of ships, uh, Corlys, uh, of House Valerion. Um, so the Sea mm-hmm. Snake, as we know him, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very well known, uh, prestigious guy. Uh, Pff, House Valerion's been around for a long time. Big supporters of the Targaryens and a very powerful family. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. So, it, it, but it doesn't go to her, and I think that is sort of the issue. And and. Good Queen Allison is not happy about that. Um you know uh the uh Corliss is not happy as well. Uh mm-hmm. Raines is is not happy either, you know. So yeah, none of none of them are happy. Yeah, so, so it's uh, you know it he immediately there wasn't even there was no council by the way for for the, for that part. He just decides uh in 92 AC that this is the way it's going to be. It's going to go to Baylon uh no questions asked and that's just what the king declared and so that is sort of what causes this that's that's the beginnings that's it's crazy to think that that's the beginnings of the dance of dragons right Mm -hmm. there that one move had he have declared Rainy's the next heir apparent well then we're good i'm not so sure that balon would have even argued with it really Mm -hmm. too much you know i don't it doesn't say that because there he doesn't have the opportunity to you know uh, he's immediately kind of declared but yeah, so by granting Dragonstone to Prince Balon, King Jaehaerys was not only passing over Rhaenys, but also possibly her unborn son. So she was making the claim that, you know, she was carrying um, a child and that that child would have been, um, you know, possibly had to have a good claim to the throne as well. So her whole line, that whole line uh, of, of Prince Aemon, you know, is passed over, actually, his, his, his son there. So that's a lot to take. I would mm-hmm. say for for, for that yeah. you know, line there. Um so anyways, let's yeah, see. You know,
1: you know yeah. you know that I'm looking at this here. You know that um gosh, uh Jaharis has s- uh seven total heirs, right, that he names, right, as like boom, 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 mm-hmm. like his mm-hmm. heirs. Yeah. Like yeah, they're going going on and almost all of them end up Yeah dying. All mm-hmm. the way until the seventh one who we'll get to. Um
0: Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's right. And that one he actually gives up to that decision he gives to to this great council that we're going to get to. that yeah. we've, t- we've referenced it before, uh, the Great Council of 101 um, AC, and it's 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 really it's really interesting, and, and actually uh, a lot more details are, are kind of given here in, in Fire and Blood. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. So, well, s- s- some of the things that were, you know, uh, I guess pluses for Balon. He's a seasoned knight of 35. You know, right. um, he's better suited for rule than an 18 year old princess. Rainey's um, or her unborn babe, and 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 so he was also very well beloved by you know um, the people. He was known as you know Balon the Brave, and again these were two brothers who were super close, and it almost just maybe it just seemed natural to say yeah this is that th- they're close. We're going with you know um, this other brother who would have probably been Amon's hand of you know h- uh, hand of the king actually yeah. uh, during yeah. his reign. I think they were that close and. Uh Baelon actually is married to his, his sister, and they have, you know, several kids, which we'll get to here in a second. So uh, let me keep going on here just a little bit, though, so we can kind of keep this yeah, in order. Um, Rainis herself was the first to raise objection. You would rob my son of his birthright, so we went over that. Um, let's see, her husband, Corse Valerian, was so wroth that he gave, up his, um, he gave up being admiral and his place in the small council and took his wife back to Driftmark. So that's crazy. He's he's so upset that he leaves the small council. And again, this is the the sea snake we're talking about. He'll he'll play a major mm-hmm. role going forward, and he already has been, you know, a really faithful um, servant of House Targaryen. Uh, Lady Jocelyn of House Baratheon, Rhaeny's um, uh, Rhaeny's mother, was also angered, uh, as was her formidable brother uh, Borman, Lord of Storm's End. So there's that. Um, there's that there's that connection that the, her, her mother, Prince Amon's wife, you know, Lady Jocelyn of House Baratheon is is, is enraged, too. So that's that's mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Queen Alysanne, as we mentioned, was was one of the main dissenters um, in the last years of her life. So talking about good Queen Alysanne, she had you know, we talked about all the, diff- the, the cruelties of losing her children and and but then she also saw many. Um, so she had great sorrows, but she also had some some great joys as well. Uh, just in seeing the various weddings. She was a big wedding planner. She, she, you know, um, arranged a lot of marriages, right? And right. We talked yep. about that before. So, her grace knew joys as well, um, as well as sorrows during the same years. However, chief among them, her grandson, I'm sorry, her grandchildren. Uh, there were weddings as well. In 93 AC, she attended the wedding of Prince Balon's eldest son, uh, Viserys, to uh, Lady, uh, Lady Emma, I think it's, yeah, the, yeah um, of House Aaron, the 11-year-old child of the late Princess um, Dalla. Yeah. Their their marriage was not consummated until the bride had flowered two years later. So, and that's actually important because, you know, we're going to talk about Viserys here in just a little bit. So, you know, she's talking about the uh, wedding she's attended in 97 AC. The good queen saw Balon's second son, Damon, take to wife, Lady Ray of House Royce, heir to the... Uh, Ancient castle, of mm-hmm. runestone in the Vale. So, his second son Damon is also a big player in the Dance of Dragons, and uh, yeah, kinda... yeah. The,
1: the first, the first Damon Targaryen, uh, yeah. Then, and the, and the funny thing is that that Damon Targaryen and <clears throat> Damon the uh, the second Damon Targaryen, who uh, yeah. later you know changes his name to Damon Blackfire. Their yeah. their stories are so similar.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It really is. Um, and actually he become well, we'll get to him later in just a second, but because he has, he's kind of a, a thorn in Viserys, his, his elder brother's side, and you wouldn't think that, you know, because you, mm-hmm. you just had two brothers, right. Amon right. and Balon, who were super close, and you would assume Viserys and, you know, the second in line, Damon would, would be as well. Um, and you start to see that it's actually a, a, an, an issue of the succession, really, is what causes some of the strife between these siblings. Right. Right. So, yeah yeah um <clears throat> okay so they hold some uh, great tourney here and uh, you know that that, that uh we'll kind of skip over some of that but a fortnight after the tourney had ended however the king's old friend Septon barth died peacefully in his sleep after serving ably as hand of the king for 41 years so we have to you know shout out to Septon barth uh who's played a major role in in uh, the old king's reign here and has done many great things for westeros so we haven't even highlighted all of them he he you know, goes over to Essos at one point and has uh, an epic conversation over there and tries to track down the, the the dragon eggs and things you know he's he's done a lot so <clears throat> he passes away finally and um so Jhaerys chose the lord commander of the Kingsguard to take his place uh Sir Ryman Redwine uh was no Septon Barth but uh his he uh, his undoubted prowess with a lance proved um of little use to him as hand so so I don't know why he was you know he was He was—he was was just the next up as hand. So there's there's that. Um, Let's move on here a little bit. So uh, here we go. Here we go. So uh, the the Prince of Dragonstone. So he Balon, you know, is 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 proclaimed the heir, right? So his his Grace had no choice but to remove. um, Oh no, I'm sorry. He turned to his son Balon to replace him. So he's he's wanting to replace Sir Ryman uh, just because he's no good, right? And Balon is, is set to become Hand of the King. Um, you know, He performed his duties admirably, though less scholarly than Septon Barth. The prince proved a good judge of men and surrounded himself with loyal subordinates and counselors. The realm would be well-ruled when Balon Targaryen set the Iron Throne. Lords and the common folk agreed. Right? So he's prepping, he's grooming, getting his uh, son there, Balon, ready to go. So... It was not to be, though. In 101 AC, Prince Balon complained of a stitch in his side whilst hunting in the King's Wood. The pain worsened when he turned to the city. Um, his belly swelled and hardened, and the pain grew so severe it left him bedridden. bedridden. Um, the Grand Maester, you know, uh, kind of comes in there and, and uh, you, know, um, try, try, you know... Tries to Tries to yeah. help him out, right, yeah. So, but on the fifth day of his illness, Prince Balon died in his bedchamber in the tower of the hand with his father sitting beside him, holding his hand after opening the corpse uh grandmaster um found uh he put down a, he put down the cause of death as a burst belly, you know, so yeah, I don't know just a just a, a stomach sickness there
1: I mean a, you know, appendix bursting maybe, yeah and, and maybe just not knowing what it was yeah,
0: that could be i was you know, I was trying to put my finger on it, but yeah that, that's good, like yeah, I like that that could be what what it is. So now he's, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, like you said, Sir Matt, he's, he's gone through air after air, and they just mm-hmm. keep dying. It, it, it's actually kind of a sad thing. And I think, you know, uh, Good Queen Allison, you know, talks about, um, it's often mentioned in Fire and Blood, that just the loss of her children and how that weighed on her, you know? Right. And, you know, I mean, it, just to, to connect it to real life, anyone who, you know, no, no parent wants to outlive, you know, their child. You know, yeah, absolutely, yeah, and and yeah, so you see, he's got you know his his sons are dying in their prime, and it just uh, I don't know, it's hard for him to hand on it and uh, weighs on him. But this is why he decides, though, at this point, to hold the council of of, of one hundred one AC, um, because you know Balon has now also had um, several sons, okay, and and they are having children, so it's like you know you had. Uh, Amon had kids, Rainys, and then she has a, actually she has a girl um, with with Corals Valerian, and then later a boy. Um, but you know, then Balon has kids as well. So now, which grandkid gets it? You know, is is it Rainies, um or Viserys? You know, which yeah. do you go back to Aemon's uh, uh, a child who is you know um, a female firstborn is a female, and the firstborn of Balon is a male. And this is where we've talked for a long while that, you know, this council ends up. Um we know how they decide. We know they decide to go with Viserys. But it is interesting, Matt uh Sir Matt, did you see this whole bit here about um the the where they held this council in Heron in Hall and the number of lords that attended. It was just yeah, it's true. crazy.
1: Um, well yeah, it's a big it's a big deal. And Yeah. Yeah, this is something that i this great council is something that um you know we talked about because it later on it forbids um oh god what's her name uh, from becoming
0: uh yeah um viserys uh daughter yeah yeah, yeah that's
1: the big that's a huge part of the dance of dragons cuz she right. feels she should have it uh-huh. um you know it's it's also something that could come back up, you know. It's never mentioned in the show. That's why you know Cersei's like Mad Queen, you know, in in, in the show. Right. But that may be something that if if they try to go that Mad Queen route in the books, which I, they probably will, um, if they bring if that's brought up by anyone, because um, mm-hmm. that's something that could essentially hinder Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that well? It's it's law. You're not allowed to have a have a queen. So, right? Yeah.
0: This this precedent's already been you know kind of the set uh, set right. Set, right. Right. Uh huh. Um, <clears throat> so. So, yeah, I mean, that's that, that it's but there's um, they chose Hall. I thought this was interesting just to get you give you a scale. Um, they thought anywhere from like 300 great lords might attend. Um, they, they wanted the great lords of, of, of the realm to come and sit down and Jahari's wanted. He knew um, that whichever side he chose, there would be a fight. Um, because oh, absolutely, yeah, Rainey's and and and, and Corlys are are you know he's got his ships, he's amassing ships out there on Driftmark, and then you had Damon at first, uh, who is brother to uh, Viserys, is ma- gathering men, a host of men to to defend his brother's claim for the throne, you know, so that's mm-hmm. interesting. I think you know because later on. Uh, <laughs> It, he uh, well, I guess he's still, you know, he's hooking up with his brother's daughter, but um, yeah, he's still helping out, I guess, in that, in that regard. Um, so, yeah, let's 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 move on a little bit. But just the, the amount of men who showed up, uh, the, the Starks were there, the Lannisters, you name the house, they were there. Um, what's her, back to last week? Sarah Targaryen, um, right. her bastard sons show up, you know? So that was interesting. You had a lot of different content- So they kind of weed through a lot of these different folks. You know, um, at one point, this is a, a neat little connection here. Jaehaerys turns to his, after Balon dies, he turns to Archmaester Vagon. And Vagon was his son. Vagon, you, you remember, was very bookish and just didn't get along. Kind of peeved a lot of people and and uh, w- was sent off to the Citadel and, and is, a, is an Archmaester now. And uh, when the king, old king summoned him back, summoning his last son to King's Landing, Uh, What passed between them remains a matter of dispute. Some say the king offered Vagon the throne and was refused. Others assert that he only sought his counsel. Uh, Reports had reached the court that Corus Valerion was massing ships and men on Driftmark to defend the rights of his son, Laenor, uh, which is the second born, by the way. Uh, Whilst Daemon Targaryen, a hot-tempered and quarrelsome young man of 20, had gathered his own band of sworn swords to support his brother Viserys. A violent struggle for succession was likely, no matter who the old king named, to succeed him. No doubt that was why his grace seized eagerly on the solution offered by um, Archmaester Vagon. So some some are saying that, like, well, instead of going with either one of these, why don't I do what I did before? Which was just go to my next son, you know? Um, So I went with, it. it was Amon, then Balon, and now let's go with Vagon, you know? So... That was his. That was his way to try to kind of. Uh, right. I right. Guess, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. All right. <clears throat> so yeah, it was uh, decided that the council would be held at Harrenhal, as we said. Largest, over five hundred lords and um, their and their tails uh, a- a- attended. Um, let's see, more than a thousand lords. Oh, oh, wait. So I'm sorry. So uh, no one knew how many lords would come, since no such council had ever been held before. But it was thought prudent to have room for at least five hundred lords. Uh, but more than a thousand lords attended. It took half a year for them to assemble. So, you know, I think before when we talk about the Great Council, we think of it just oh, you know, twenty, fifty men. I mean, it was like huge. I don't know how it was organized. They do not really get into the details. Yeah, I mean, of the, it. yeah, like
1: you know, it, it's a big deal. They meet. They meet for like two weeks. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, um, the, you know, yeah, nine. Uh, you discussed and dismissed nine lesser claims. Right. Yep. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to sift through here.
0: Right. The, um. So some of the funnier claims that come up. So, um, someone comes in and a, a strapping red haired man at arms who claimed to be the bastard son of Magor the cruel shows up. So a lot of bastards show up. Really. Um. Someone showed up and, and claimed to be Jaharis. Uh, trueborn son, well, not trueborn, but but you know bastard-born son, I guess, and saying that his you know his his you know he was arrested actually you know for, for making that claim. Jaharis you know put it put an in, uh, uh, quashed that. I mean, no one's ever really questioned that that Jaharis was unfaithful to Good Queen Allison. That never has come up, and so to hear that come up in the council was kind of like oh wow. I mean he resisted uh, Rogar Baratheon's what were they those uh, those handmaidens that he sent to Dragonstone when they were super super young. You know, as far as we know, he he resisted them. And so, I don't know, I feel like Jaharius was a good, faithful husband, you know, and to have this um, person step up here and say they were his his son is like, who are you? You know, so so that was kind of interesting, that little bit that came up. So, yeah, and Sarah doesn't come back, by the way. Sarah sends her three bastard sons, and she herself has a better claim than they do, but she kind of says she has her own kingdom to rule, so so she didn't show up, and I I kind of thought she would, you know, I, when I was first started reading this, I thought, oh yeah, she'll show back up and, and and want a piece of the pie, but really she just sends her sons, um, you know, maybe just to remind everyone that she's still there and, um, you know, th- that whole piece. So yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. yeah, so so they narrow it down though, um, they actually dismiss, Rhaenys Targaryen, like, like so so. <laughs> It, it, it's crazy. I thought it would come down to um, Rainey's Targaryen and, v- and Viserys Targaryen, right? And it kind of does, a, a little bit. But then really, they are putting forward Lenore Valerion. so that's her son, uh, the son of Princess Rhaenys, and the grandson um, of Jaehaerys, which is Prince... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, the grandson of Prince Aemon. Sorry, not to confuse folks. Let me let me back up here. Lenore Valerion. Is the son of Princess Raines and grandson of Prince Amon. Okay, so there we go. Mm-hmm. And this, um, yeah. So, so, so that's that's one person we have. And then we have the grandson of Jaharis and the son of Balon. So those are the two that we whittle it down to. Um, and this, is, it's like the sixteen year old boy versus I forget how old Viserys is. Um, he's older though, in the thirties and forties or something like that. I think. And that was part of why, you know, the council kind of decided um, to go with him. Also, it was mentioned that Viserys had, had, was the last to ride Balerion, You know, though, after the death of, of the Black Dread in 94 AC, he never mounted another dragon again, whereas the boy Lenore um, had yet to take his first flight upon his young dragon, a splendid gray and white beast he named Sea Smoke. And we'll, you know, see more from Sea Smoke later. But I just thought, you know, <clears throat> um, it's interesting that we came down to those two and not actually, because you have a grand, a great grandson, and then you have a grandson, who yeah. who are up for the crown here versus a granddaughter and a grandson. They, they they completely dismiss any female, um, you know, any females who have a claim. So that's why that's why um, you know if you look at Prince Amon's line, you know he had to go to his great grandson. Right. So
1: yeah and and the idea that it can no longer also pass to um whereas it? it's um uh yeah establishing they established a precedent that matters of succession cannot pass to a woman or a male descendant of a woman. Mm-hmm. So even if it's like oh it's still the king's grandson as you're you know as you're kind of saying there you yeah. can't can't matter. So that's something that I don't. It's not something that we really see, but it's something th- that could be interesting. Yeah.
0: Um. You know.
1: Yeah. Later
0: on. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Um, and I think that is sort of the, the last little bit. There's, there's obviously some, so, some, some tension there. Um, between those two families, and and it's just kind of you know they they should be. um I don't know more content, but this is this is what as as the chapter started to say, you know, this is the the start of the dance of dragons, and and, and this yeah. will come yeah, up it was, later. Yeah,
1: it, it all starts right here, and trust me, this is what we'll be on for the next like two months. So yeah, it dance is. The dragons is huge, and it's a big deal, and and we get to break it down. But uh, this is really the seeds that starts it. Um,
0: yep. Well, and actually, basically, the the theme I got from this was that like if you don't have a male heir, it just gets tricky. You know, it's like yeah. If yeah. you don't have a son, then all of a sudden the, the question comes up again. Because really, to kind of skim through the other forty pages we have here, um, Viserys—that's the issue. That's what starts to be the issue. Is that you know his daughter, um, you know, is is uh, it, he ends up actually going against? I mean, he wants her to be the heir apparent, right? You know, I mean, yeah. that's that's th- that to, to, we. This is all stuff that we kind of covered in. Uh, what was that? The Road Prince. Was that the... Um, mm-hmm. yep. yep. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's her name is Rhaenyra, by the way. And um, so Princess Rhaenyra, and she was the one who, if you, if you remember, uh, she was always taken to court with her father, you know, um, mm-hmm. was doted on. Everyone, you know, was, was the realm's delight. I mean, they, everyone really enjoyed her. And uh, Viserys' younger brother, Prince Daemon Targaryen, considered himself his brother's heir and coveted the title of, Bra- of, of Dragonstone. So... There's that whole bit where I said at first, Daemon Targaryen super supports his brother to get the claim. Once he gets it, um, now you realize as well, going off of what they said in 101 AC, um, you know, uh, 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 Viserys does not have a male heir. So he considers himself to be next in line. And it's actually Viserys uh, Targaryen I who says he wants his daughter to be his heir, flat out, in his first marriage, you know, his first wife died, um, Lydia Aaron dies, and um, he ends up, um, uh, what is her name, uh, Alison Hightower, I think, you know, uh, mm-hmm. b- becomes yeah. his his next wife, and that was, uh, again, Allison Hightower is <laughs> going back to the whole, you know, Sir Otto Hightower and those guys, you know, possibly keeping Sarah Targaryen, you know, and Alison and, and Hightower looking a lot like a, Targaryen. There, we had talked about that whole rumor and, and theory that you know she may have some you know Targaryen blood in her um, is 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 interesting. But anyways, so that's kind of the rest of this chapter. It starts to talk about you know how Viserys just um, doted on his daughter and had Rhaeny- had had Rhaenyra declared the heir and princess of Dragonstone in response to his ungrateful brothers' uh, ambitions. Uh, hundreds of lords and landed knights did. Um, you know, swear solemn oaths to defend her right of succession. Uh, Daemon left the capital in in a fury, and uh, Viserys began to groom Princess Rhaenyra uh, to be the ruling queen, teaching her how to rule and and make her a part of the small council. Problem, though, and, and I'm kind of really fla- just flashing through this real quick, is his second marriage and having a son. And then the realm starts to say, well, wait a second. You know, why do we have this great council where a thousand lords showed up and said, this is how we're gonna set a precedent, and this is what we're gonna do. And the very next king, the king who we actually chose, by the way, Viserys, is gonna disrupt that, you know, right, right away. He 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 mm-hmm. disrupts it um, because he doesn't want it to go to his his brother. And then, you know, anyways, and, and his brother sort of. This is what I brought up, you know, the idea that like the siblings keep getting the strife happens because the more children that um Rhaenys has I'm sorry R- Rhaenyra has and the more children that uh Viserys has in his second marriage the further uh Daemon vale- uh, T- Targaryen is pushed away from becoming the you know um ruler you know or king you know so he was obsessed with it you know he eventually becomes the what, what is he the Matt he's, uh, he's the uh he's the oh my gosh is he the king of the stepstones or something like that is isn't he right. uh yeah th- yeah 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 so he he he's an ambitious guy, um,
1: and to me, the the Dance of the Dragons um, also sets to me. I view it as it also sets up the Blackfire rebellions because it gives it precedent, um, and yeah. it gives, and it also gives claim to um, this idea of choosing a king, right? Like who, choosing yep. who the heir is going to be, because that's what the people decide they kind of want. Because you get all the people saying, "Well, um, Damon Blackfire, you know, Damon Targaryen, Damon Blackfire." Um, should be king he's more he's way more of a king than um oh god nah, uh darren darren the good right mm-hmm. and so yeah. all of that even you could also point to the dance of the dragons as we start it here um is what sets it up where you get these kind of factions as we that's what we're going to talk about next week yeah next week's chapter is the blacks and the greens right exactly and you know that same type of a same type of a thing
0: right exactly yeah, so I don't know that there's much more here that we need to, to cover in this, just on, only because, um, you know, it's it's things that are that are covered in the Rogue Prince. Now, there's some different mm-hmm. stuff. There are some tidbits you do need to – I'm not saying to skip this uh, by any means as, as a reader. Um, Sir Kristen Cole is, is is a big deal in, in, in his relationship, you know, um, with Rhaenyra. I mean, that's it's all really cool stuff, and it's things that maybe what we'll do is next week um, – we could do even a part two of this and kind of, I could, I could summarize it just a little bit for folks because there's just more details on Damon Valerian. It is the rogue prince, right? Sir Matt? I mean, it is like yes. he, yep. he is, it's, it's his ambition and, and how he's trying to, to sway um, R- Rhaenyra and teach her the, you know, the arts of, uh, he, he seduces her a little bit. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk more about um, Corlys Valerian and, and, and what he, what he's, you know, Got going on and and and, and the uh, animosity that he has just just because his his son was was overlooked, you know, and that kind of sticks with him for a long while. And that'll, de- you know, kind of determine which side he lands on when we talk about the the greens and the blacks. So uh, anything yeah. else, though, you wanted to mention, Sir Matt, just in, just in I think.
1: No, uh, uh, no, I, th- I think I think we're good. Um, OK, yeah, it's it's mostly the Great Council. That's like the big the big kind of takeaway from yeah. this this chapter and, and what's it, what it sets up for uh, going forward yeah
0: um, from yeah. there so yeah okay awesome all right we'll, we'll leave that right, there man. and then yeah we'll we'll move on yeah let's okay. go ahead and
1: head on over to our reread last week we were in, uh, in aria 4 that's where Arya was training with syrio pharrell it was interrupted by sir maron trant uh Marin demands aria come with him syrio sees something odd and fights the guards aria escapes uh she goes and finds a needle and kills a stable boy before escaping in the dungeons of the red keep yep. and uh yes yeah, so and i talked a little bit about raven's nest that chapter last week that kind of fo- or um that follow-up so if you guys um from last week there were some things we were uh, doing some research on the is Serio alive uh thing that we yeah. talked a little bit about in the raven's nest episode uh so ch- so be sure to check that out kind of right. a follow-up to last week um this week we're in sansa 4 last time we were with sansa she was wondering um with Jane Poole, why her father did not send Sir Loras to kill uh, the Mountain? The next day, her father had revealed that he was sending her and Arya back to Winterfell. Uh, Sansa says she can't leave because she has to marry Prince Joffrey, who is nothing like his father, and he will give uh, her children, uh, give um, give him children with golden hair. And this is a big breakthrough for uh, Lord Edard. Yeah, and uh, set set us kind of to the events where we're at now, where Sansa is locked in a room with Jane Poole, who does uh, who does nothing but cry for her father. Sansa, thinking Jane was acting childish, told her friend that she would ask Queen Cersei uh, for to let her see her father, but it does not seem to have helped. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I think this this yeah this chapter ends with um with a letter, certain letter being uh being kind of uh realized uh, written up here, so uh, big deal. Big deal going forward. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. all right, man. The, the first line on this chapter is, like, heartbreaking. Just the opening, oh my opening gosh, sense. Yes. Yeah. They came for Sansa on the third day. Yeah. Uh, she chose a simple dress of dark gray wool, plainly cut, but richly embroidered around the collar and sleeve. Her fingers felt thick and clumsy as she struggled with the silver fastenings without the benefit of certain. Jane Poole had been confined with her. But Jane was useless. Her face was puffy from all her crying, and she could not seem to stop sobbing about her father.
0: Mm-hmm. Dude, I mm-hmm. tell you, I feel terrible for Jane Poole. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, like I, dude, yeah. just knowing what what happens going forward and and uh, the decisions that are made about her here, it is just awful. And 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 one of the big themes in this chapter is just seeing how naive uh, Sansa is, and I really don't even blame her. It's just. This is sh- this this can't be real. This is a nightmare, right? This this can't be happening. Um, so and you know I used to think, Sir Matt, that when I first read this and I was reading through it, I thought, you know, doggone it, Sansa, you know, you're part of the reason that that all this stuff happened, you know, to to Edard. But really, that's not necessarily... It was j- she only. It's with- not. It's nah, not. It's not really. She she happened to go just several hours beforehand. It didn't really, you know, this was already. Things were going to go forward in, in this direction. If anything, Sansa might have escaped or something different could have happened with her, but Eddard's fate is... It, it's, it's, it, it, it wouldn't have changed anything, I guess, is, is what I want to say. So, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, yeah. Okay. So, one of the things... uh, So, yeah, you talk about the, the, the weeping, and, and, you know, the servants won't talk to her. Uh, the guards won't talk to her. No one's telling her what's going on. And that's, uh kind of reminds me of Arianne, um. In, in Dorne when she gets locked up in her tower and just no right. one will speak that it can break a person you know it absolutely can break someone and that's you know I mean it's only three days so it wasn't that long but still you're just like you know you're, you're left uh, not not knowing she heard all the fighting and she says you know she's heard fighting before right she's heard it in the yard her whole life but there was something different about this you know the, now now we hear the groans and the grunts of of pain and um You know, just different men uh, suffering and they don't tell you about how the knights will cry out, you know, for help uh, when when they're being struck or struck down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Which is yeah, sad. Yeah. And and, and I'm with you, too. I mean, this is Sansa. This is really where the Sansa story for me kind of starts is like, okay, everything that you kind of thought was going to happen isn't. Uh, You know, and much like a lot of the characters, you know, they get kind of the short end of the stick, really. You know, like she I mean, she she was supposed to be married to Joffrey, not of her choosing. Right. Um, You know, and then she's kind of realizes how great it will be. And then, man, everything just seems to go wrong. And this is where her kind of story really starts. And, um, you know, where she Mm -hmm. becomes basically a prisoner. I mean, Sansa is basically a prisoner for the well until where we reach her in the books yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah
0: absolutely um yeah so where else should we go here because i mean should we should we talk about the part where i mean she slips away from Septimordain, right she she never felt so what's the word um ashamed of of the treachery i guess you know just disobeying her father to 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 this extent right she wants to go seek out the king but she's afraid of the king you know, mm-hmm. um, so she seeks out the queen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> gosh, if we could just reach through, you know, and tell her like, not, not a good idea. Um, but she, she, you know, she doesn't know, it. And, and Cersei does her job well and is is very, you know, um, manipulates her quite a bit. So, um, I do want to back up just one second before we go on to that because I found something that was kind of interesting. A character that I I have never looked up much, but today stood out to me was Sir uh, Sir Mandon Moore. Uh, who is the one that's described As having a dead face And the and, oh, okay. uh, It just took me off guard for a second and I was like wait what He has a dead face he's got these pale grey eyes Um And they, they describe his face as, as lifeless And I just thought it was kind of funny Um it turns out that he's He's actually you know um, A faceless man yeah I mean, yeah, right I mean, <laughs> That's what I was going for Um but uh Yeah he, he ends up being a pretty just Ruthless you know um guy he comes up again in, in, in a clash of kings and later on but you know we don't really uh, spend a lot of time we don't get to know these other kingsguard very well and he was one that, that popped up that I was like who is you know who is this guy you know because we were talking about how berriston selmy and and even Jamie talk about these other members of the kingsguard like they're a joke or, or, yeah. or that they're no, just they do they're they do, unworthy, yeah, they do. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. um yeah so so one of the things that, that is mentioned by Jamie lannister too as i did, was doing some research is Jamie Lannister considers, um, uh, Mandan dangerous as his face does not give away his intentions. Um, yeah, it, they mention his face just several times. Maybe it's just something about, you know, um, Sansa thinks he has a curiously dead face, uh, you know, going down a rabbit hole here. So, you know, um, he, he ends up, you know, eventually, uh, Well, I don't want to. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I guess. I mean, he ends up he ends up dying, and and one of the things Jamie, when he's looking at the white book, is is trying to update it, thinking about his his death. That's actually
1: that's a really cool chapter, actually. Yeah. Where Jamie, uh, I think is it? It's in a storm of swords. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, where Uh Jamie when when Jamie finally gets back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he's updating the book,
1: and he has that kind of council meeting with them. It's that's actually a pretty cool chapter.
0: Right. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's uh, yeah. Um, one of the things here, so. And just to go on a tangent with this guy, in case in case any you know, I I kind of like when a character comes up like this that we can kind of talk about for just a second, then we'll get back to Sansa. Um, yeah, yeah. He ends up being one of those you know one of those guys because you and I were talking, I think it was just in Raven's Nest, about the knights. Um, sorry, the, the Kingsguard who uh, are you know facing down Tyrion, who actually try to kill him. You know, he prepares to stab yep. him in the throat. Uh, Podrick pushes. Um, Mandan into the black water where he sinks under the weight of his armor and drowns um, yeah so yeah Tyrion has a nightmare about uh, the wildfire the, the, the wildfire in in, in Mandan's uh, assassination attempt uh, after waking Tyrion thinks that Mandan has uh, what was what was bribed by Cersei to kill him during the battle. Podrick is ashamed to have caused Mandan's death, but Tyrion praises Pod and instructs his squire his, his squire, uh, to keep silent about Mandan. So it's interesting what will be written in the in the white book, you know, about him, um, and that he's this dangerous guy that Podrick kills. Um but, uh, you know, hey, maybe maybe the drowned god, you know, raises him again. If he's a faceless man, you know, then uh who knows. <laughs> Sorry, I just went on a, on, a, on a crazy tangent there, but I just I love when I stumble across a character that I don't remember, and I'm like, who is this guy? And then you just start digging, and you're like, what the heck? You know, what 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 all role did he play? And and you know, um, it just was interesting because you brought up the Braun situation with um, Sir Marin Trant and 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 his you know facing him, uh, and the idea that he you know we were talking about serial Pharrell and and how you know anybody could beat Sir Marin, you know. So yeah. these guys just weren't I don't know they, they were just uh they're kind of like just a gang. They're just ruthless they're ruthless. They're just completely they have no honor a lot of them. Um mm-hmm. So anyways, I just wanted to bring that up as as just, you know, uh cool connection I guess right in the middle of the chapter. So let's move on though.
1: Yeah, yeah, well I mean it's it's just cuz Robert, you know, probably Robert Brathian is accused of, you know, hire, putting putting people in the King's Guard who he think who he just thinks are funny or, you know, likes them or whatever. So.
0: Yeah, and also I bet I bet he lets Cersei, I mean, I bet, you know, Jamie and those guys. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like some of that might be some of their doing, you know, pushing pushing white cloaks in on him that are not as loyal and honorable ones that they can bribe. I mean, if they can if they can bribe this guy to kill uh, uh uh Tyrion, you know, who is hand of the king at the time. It's yep. just crazy. They they all they're all servants of of Cersei and uh, probably sharing her bed too. So. <laughs> uh anyways. Okay. All right, so yeah, um the bells are ringing though, right? You know, the, the 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 bells are ringing and and that's that indication that the king is dead. Sansa doesn't know it, yep. but uh that has to be what it is. You know. Right. So she almost knows before. It's amazing how much she doesn't know. She, she doesn't know that he was, you know, hurt on the hunting trip. She doesn't know all these things that we had just learned from Edard. So um, perspective is really important, and sh- just shows that she's, you know, she remembers her uh, teachings, and 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 Septimordain taught her well, and she her courtesies, right? She she still smiles at the at the knights as they are, you know, escorting her to the queen. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's go here. Let's go next to where the, the they found Queen Cersei in the council chamber, seated at the head of the long table, littered with papers and candles, blocks of um, sealing wax. Um, Sir Boros uh, brings her in and says, Your grace, um, I've brought the girl. Sansa had hoped Joffrey might be there with her. Uh, her prince was not there, but three of the king's counselors were. Lord Peter Baelish sat on the queen's left, Grandmaster Maester Pycelle at the end of the table, while Lord Varys hovered over them, smelling... Uh, uh flowery so what I what I note in 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 a lot of this is is that Sir Barristan Selmy is is not around you know um and it might be I I I just have not read past this chapter recently but it's um his association with you know uh maybe the words that he said you know those are the king's words when she tore the paper remember that you know um yeah when, when
1: yeah bear, yeah because bears bears and tell me you know is,
0: is honorable like an guy. honorable honorable guy yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um okay so yeah and, and this is where she gets the weird the weird vibe from peter baelish you know peter's huh. just yeah, he's he's, yeah, sta- he, he's staring, he
1: gives a lot like, he gives
0: a lot of weird vibes yeah he does <laughs> yeah he does um but he's, you know, she felt as if he was looking at her, um, without any clothes on, or something, right? Isn't that what he says? Yeah, or yep. she says, yeah, right? Um, she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and at Would first, they're really, you can almost see this, this, um, that they're super busy and they're 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 making arrangements. Um, they Cersei, uh, wasn't aware that they put the stewards girl with Sansa, so this ought to be clue number one. Once she realizes that. They were trying to keep people away from her, and they're trying to keep her. Um, they don't want any other influences around or anyone to, you know, uh, they, they call it upsetting her. But really, they, they, they don't want her to know anything. You know, they, they want to mm-hmm. keep her in the dark as much as they can and manipulate her. Right. So, yeah, um, this is where they decide to give Jane Poole, though, over uh, to Lord Peter uh, or Petyr. I want to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: That's how, well, Roy Detrice says. Pityre. Says p- in Yeah. In the, in I love the, it. The, I, yeah. I go back and forth
0: in my head all the time. Yeah, like, I think he goes back and forth too, just a he little does. bit. You know? He does. He um, does. Yeah, so, so, but, you know, Sansa wants to know, is, is she well? And, and she doesn't get scared up until that point where she realizes that, you know, um, they're keeping something from her. And why not just send her straight to her father? Why does she have to go through, you know... um you know Baelish she doesn't yeah she doesn't yeah she doesn't
1: understand right Cersei doesn't you know Cersei doesn't understand what's going on and and why and Mm -hmm. right because they don't really tell her a lot you know
0: right and then this is where they
1: this is really where they start just using her as a pawn absolutely she's basically just used as a pawn from this point until about she well until until she escapes really
0: yeah it is yep And, and um but the one clue that we get here, that, and we know uh, this will be significant later, is the look that, that Peter Baelish gives to Sansa. And, that, and he also makes a comment that she's, you know, um, the spitting image of her mother in her youth, you know, right? So, Sansa, uh, here we go, so, sometime, um, something about the way the small man, uh, being Peter Baelish, looked at her, made Sansa feel as though she had no clothes on, uh, goosebump pimples on her skin, Sweet Sansa, Queen Cersei said, laying a soft hand on her wrist, such a beautiful child. I do hope you know how much Joffrey and I love you. And that just takes her breath away. You know, you do. Uh, both of you love me. You know, and that's that, because there was a little of strife between her and Joffrey and, you know, Arya throw, throwing lion's tooth into the, the river. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but now they have to inform her that her father's a traitor, you know, and she, mm-hmm. she may have traitor's blood. Um,. So what are we gonna do with that? You know, we, we, we obviously she's got traitor's blood. We we, we we can't let her marry um, Joffrey, can we? Joffrey,
1: right? And this is where this is where Sansa really she starts freaking out because they're you know like she's like wait what? Like she's like uh, it's Varus who says your father's a traitor, dear, and she's like mm-hmm. no, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. You know there's mm-hmm. got to be a mistake. Like please, please. Um, Yeah. You know, like this betrayal would have broken his heart, you know, like all of this stuff. Right. She's like, how can. Yeah. She's like, but I love him. She's like, you know, and what does that mean to her? What have they done to her father? There's a lot going on here.
0: Right. Well, Um, yeah. uh, One quick thing too, Maester Pycelle, Remember the the chapter where he's sitting with uh, with um, uh, King Robert and he swears in front of Pycelle to take care of his children. But as a thought, he thinks to himself his true born children. You know, he thinks to himself that yes, I'll make this promise, but it's to protect your bastards, to take care of Maya, yeah. you Gendry, know. And, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And and, and all Pysell heard was, Well, he look at this, this is so treacherous. You know, he, he swore to protect him and the next thing you know, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's trying to, you know, um, you know, proclaim that, that uh Stannis Baratheon is the one true king. So mm-hmm. Uh, just is and actually, ironically, he did try to protect those children too, right? Because he's telling Cersei, "Get out of here. I'm giving you a chance. Flee to the free cities. Um, get out of here, and you know we'll spare you. You know, um, mm-hmm. get out, of, get out of the way. You know. So it, it's kind of crazy. She, she, because she, she was risking. Let's say he's successful, she could be risking her her children's lives. You know. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so she must have been very confident in in. Her plan and, and and who she knew, and she's been in King's Landing way longer, you know. She knows Peter Baelish and these other uh, lords, and and can play the game better. So, uh, all right, where do we go from here, my friend? Uh, let's see.
1: Um. Well, I think uh, this is where. This is where you get to get get into more of the conversation with like Sansa and mm-hmm. um, and the queen. Like this is where Sansa's telling her that like you know like she loves Joffrey, right? And this is a, like, right. um, like, th- and like this poor child. Uh, murmured Varys a love so true and innocent your grace it would be a, it would be a cruel to deny it and yet what can we do her father stands condemned you know yeah and then you have Grandmaster Pycelle. a child born of traitor seed will need to um find that betrayal that naturally comes to her yeah right
0: Right. right. Exactly. And so this is
1: where you really get all of the, the kind of the the crow you know like the crows like are just kind of like you know right sitting around yeah. her you know just kind of chiming getting their chimes in
0: mm-hmm yeah. Yep, 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 and, and it all kind of comes to um, you can see them just move her back and forth, and any time that she's she starts to say you know can I see my father or or you know that he wouldn't do this type of thing, um, they, they 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 say things like you know uh, you disappoint me, child. You know I, I I thought you would be such a good you know companion for Joffrey. Joffrey is that carrot right. that they dangle um, out there. You know, in, absolutely in. well it's
1: be and it's and it's to get her to and it really it's to get her to do something they're like well uh-huh. you know they're, they're building the suspense which is what they are you know want to do because eventually they're going to drop it on her like well
0: prove to us your mm-hmm. loyalty yeah
1: right as, as right. we get to the point
0: at the end of the chapter where it's like write the letter you know right right exactly yeah yep And and that's unfortunate. You know, so she writes many letters. You know, she ends up writing to her brother Rob, um, her mother, uh, her grandfather, Hoster Tully, who she doesn't know very well. And it actually is a kind of a uh, made me stop and think for a moment, just that like these marriages and alliances, and like how important you know your grandfather could be, even though you don't maybe know him as well. Um, You know, it's it it was just interesting that that's her because she doesn't really know. Um, that, that side of her family all that well. Um,
1: no, she doesn't. She doesn't. She really doesn't.
0: Yeah, and that actually comes to a head later when we talk about just, you know, uh, the Blackfish and, and, and her uncles, grow um, great-uncles and her uncle, you know, um, Edmertulli. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, th- th- that's a place of refuge. They could go there and present themselves, and they know that, you know, they would be treated fairly, and I'm sure their grandfather in, in his prime and in, in, in good health Would help them, Um, but right right now we know he's not in good health, Uh, and and really Edmure Tully is going to be the one reading that letter that she sends.
1: Well, actually, uh, at this point, I mean, we We know, but in the in the in the the story,
0: you wouldn't know, right? Because you don't really run into it. Yeah, the only thing that came up before this was Catelyn Tully when she's, I think uh, Edmure Tully is the one who writes. uh, Where does he Where does he send that letter? Um, because she took Tyrion, you know, and then like the Lannister men are moving on to the border of, of Run, and he's dealing with it. And I think she's right. You know, uh, so she, there's a hint, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we know it, but like at this point, yeah, she's sending that to her grandfather, you know, there in River Run. Mm-hmm. So, um, Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, yeah, so she answers Rob. um, the Queen patted her hand. We will tell you what to write, child. The important thing is that you urge Lady Catelyn and your brothers to keep the King's peace. It will go hard for them if they don't, said Grandmaster Pycelle. By the love you bear them, you must urge them to walk the path of wisdom. And she actually wants them to, in the letter, I think she instructs that that they come to King's Landing and bend the knee. You know? Mm -hmm. And that's sort of, uh... To, to prove that there, there is no treason, and, and then, you know, if, after that's done, you know, clearly then we'll see that, that, you, um, that you don't have traitor's blood, you know, and that it is just a one-off thing with your father, and uh, we can look past that. And, you know, to Sansa's defense, she's thinking this whole time, okay, if I'm married to Joffrey, even if they exile father, even if they imprison him for a, while, for a time being, she, she, she thinks that Joffrey's merciful, you know, and it's right. actually probably pretty smart that they didn't have Joffrey in the room because he's not the best actor. I mean, he can he can put on no. the face, but uh, it's hard. You know, I think I think he would be- betray a, a hint of like a smirk. You know, he enjoys seeing her in this position, you know, and he's not he's just not a good actor. So they keep her, him away from her until she writes these letters and plays her part the way they need her to. So, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, you're absolutely right. Yeah. He would he would ruin the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: and now that he's king, he's probably not there cuz he doesn't care. You know, he 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 probably he could probably could care less.
0: Right, yeah, he's he's just he, he's probably strutting around around the iron throne just chest out thinking this is mine. You know, he's just such a oh, right. I don't yeah. know. It's so crazy. Dweeb. Dweeb goes to his head. Yeah, yeah. Just, just Yeah. He's a slouch. That's for sure. He's a slouch. He is a slouch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um yeah, okay, so, and then she has, where she says, you know, by then, she's talking about the exile, and if he's exiled for several years, by then she'll be married to Joffrey, she'll be the queen, she can persuade him to bring her father back and grant him a pardon, um, but only if Mother or Robb did, um, you know, don't do anything treasonous, you know, um, she's like, you know, she's thinking they may call the banners and refuse to swear fealty uh, or anything, and it would all go wrong, so, you know, she's concerned that they'll do that, and so she's like, I'll write it, I'll write the letters, and, um, You know, they they get right down to it, and she sends one to Lady Lysa Aaron uh, of the Eerie as well, Hoster Tully of River Run, as we said. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Varus helps her seal it. They took his seal off of him, and uh, um, and they seal it with, uh, you know, a direwolf of House Stark. So, uh, sad part here, though. You know, uh, back to Jane Poole, just when she returns, all of her things are gone. Uh, Sir Mandon Moore. Return Sansa to the high tower of Maegor's Hold Holdfast which is interesting we've talked about Maegor's Hold Holdfast you know and Maiden's being held there <laughs> and and there she is you know Sansa yeah uh, yeah um, all right he, well know, and,
1: the, and the last the last line too it was not until later that night that she was drifting off to sleep that she realized she had not she hadn't even thought about asking about Arya yep yep
0: yep yeah, so. ah, there's, that, just, there's
1: there's that part to it as well
0: so sad so yeah i mean um and, and, and the part that I was bringing up earlier was that, you know, although she went to the um, the queen, I don't know. I mean, I think there were probably instructions not, obviously, to kill the Stark girls because you want them as hostages. You are trying to take them alive. Um, so that, that still would have happened. But, you know, she would have seen all that brutality. And she would have seen them trying to... Ca- it might have changed, actually, the way... Uh, She approached this if she if she would have been in Arya's position and seen a Kingsguard, you know, and Lannister men show up and kill the men protecting her and take her by force. You know, so it's interesting that this happens the way it does, because then she's she's less likely to, I guess, uh, I don't know what the word she she, she trusts the Queen more still because she she didn't see any of it. She heard it. um, And Jane Poole did see it. And she is just bawling her eyes out. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So real quick tangent, by the way, on Jane Poole, um, just because I, I like her, I like that character actually. And, and it's just, it's a sad, yeah, girl, yeah. sad story with her, you know, because it, Peter Bailey says that he'll find a place for her, right? He says that, you know, uh, he'll, he'll take care of her. And, um, so it's actually in, I think it's in a, a storm of swords, right? Where she is, um, there's this Northern girl, um, who is present, who claims to be Arya Stark, although Jamie does not recognize her. Um, the girl who is hollow-eyed and skinny wears a gray dress and a gray cloak uh, with white satin trim. And, uh, yeah, so in case Brienne has the idea of rescuing the girl, Jamie tells Brienne that she uh, is not Arya, but some northern girl found by his father, Lord Tywin. Uh, they pin a wolf um, uh, sigil on her and send her north to wed Lord uh Roose Bolton's legitimized bastard Ramsey, as right. we know. So there, there's yeah, there's all that think, What kinda... do you
1: think what do you think's going to happen with, with Jane Poole?
0: Dude, I don't know. Um you know in in uh uh what's his name? Gosh, Theon ends up uh, recognizing that and 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 knows, you know, what's happening there and he rescues her, right? Um right. so that's a that's a great question. I know in Winds of Winter that's cuz I just started reading this so spoiler Spoiler for everybody, because I don't want to get yelled at, because um, we have some folks who, who have not read any of it, but uh, uh, they come across, I think, a character called Crow's, more Zumber, I think, um, right is, is, is who it, Crow's Food, there it is, right, I just looked it up, Crow's Food, um, and uh, he asks, you know, Jane questions about the castle to confirm her identity, uh, names of servants, all these things that she would know, and i think she I, I can't remember if she continues to play on as as arya for her own safety if she's arya stark she is going to be protected you know what i'm saying she's going to be um treated yeah, right nobody,
1: yeah nobody yeah nobody's yeah nobody's going to try to attack her kill her because she's a valuable commodity right right
0: right yes exactly um the uh let's see yeah, he decides... I think Stannis says here... Yeah, so, um, again, major spoilers. I'm sorry. Just turn it off. If you don't want to hear this. This is just one of the chapters in Wins. Um, and I loved it. I read it just I read it just literally two weeks ago. Um, and Stannis decides to send, air quote, Arya to the Wall to reunite with her brother, Jon Snow, uh, tasking Sir Justin Massey um, with bringing Jane to Castle Black with an escort of six men and... Um, um, Alisane uh, Mormont. So... So that's where she's headed. Whether she gets there or not, I don't know. You remember, um, Melisandre has that vision, right, of a girl coming to Jon Snow, and he th- and they think yeah. it's Arya, and it actually ends up being that Stark girl. Um, mm-hmm. And so he he treats her right. Well, I mean, now, air quote, and Arya is coming north as well. Here, you know, um, right? It just happens to be Jane Poole. I mean, and, yeah, yeah, it's Jane Poole. Yeah, I hope she. I hope something good happens to her because. You know, uh, one of the things they mention in this chapter is that Valenpool, you know, when Sansa's thinking about him, she's like, he doesn't even wear a sword. He doesn't even, he never wears a sword. He, he's not a men at arm. He is a steward. And he is a bookkeeper. And he, you know, is an organizer. And, and, and he keeps the count of all of the, uh, their, their clothing, their stocks. You know, when they pack up, you know, he's the one with the checklist, making sure everything is good to go. And yeah, so he just, he runs everything. Um, to think they would kill him really kind of, put Sansa on on edge a little bit like this is bad you know that's not right I guess in a sense they killed everybody you know even men who weren't armed um yeah just because they were with you know um you know Edard Stark it's crazy yeah so yeah we'll, we'll, absolutely yeah 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 we'll keep tabs on on, on Jane Poole because I've always you know she has a terrible time with with Ramsay and uh Theon, Theon knows her and takes good care of her, and that's part of what brings him back a little bit, in my eyes, uh, is, is his, his treatment of her and the way that he handles that situation and, and tries to help her out. Because, so, you know, Abel and all those guys, uh, air quote, um, Mance, are, are trying to help her out and, and things. It's a, it's a cool little... It's, it's surprising that a character like that is in Game of Thrones, goes away for so long, and then comes back in A Dance of Dragons... And is a big deal. And is someone that we're seeking after. And who is called Arya Stark. It's just... It, that writing... That's just crazy to think that she's here. This is where she leaves our story. And she doesn't come back for a long time. So... Books later. You know, Sir Matt. Like, books later. She's yeah. mentioned. Oh, but, abs-
1: yeah, no, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's like... She's mentioned. She's, you know, she
1: is mentioned. She's mentioned a lot, and a lot in like passing thoughts of Sansa, of Sansa and some Sansa. other yeah.
0: people. Right. Yeah. But but she's gone. You know, and th- no one knows what, what happened to her until... Jamie kind of sees her and just warns Brienne and then boom next thing you know she's with with uh Ramsey Bolton so gosh all right well hey um let's see here so I think that that was it for uh the chapter this week and uh um we've kind of gone over the cool connections there I, th- I feel like the Jane Poole connection the the dead mm-hmm. face uh, yeah absolutely you know absolutely, yeah those are all I really had um and unfortunately our ravens we just did raven's nest <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we so we were about empty uh, on Ravens. Yeah, yeah
0: so. and and we just decided, you know, since we just hopped off there and with all those folks, that we would just uh, what we'll kind of table uh, send a Raven at this uh, this point in time. But we're going to need some. I think we were talking about Ravens Nest being maybe at the end of March. You know, March twenty fourth, and I think right now between Sir Matt and I, we we've, we've decided that that's close to the show, um, and we may have a trailer by then. And we'd like to discuss show theories, you know, just thoughts on, on what we think is going to happen. So feel free to send us a raven um, about uh, um, the show and your theories, who lives, who dies, you know, all of those type of uh, uh, cool things. Uh, some of the prophecies, how are they going to come to, right? you know, ahead there. Um, yeah, and send those ravens to uh, btkcast at uh, gmail.com and we'll, we'll we'll read them there. And even if you aren't in, on our on our on um, one of our bannermen or... Um, what have you there a sworn sword you know uh, We'll still read some of your ravens There and we'll discuss them with our bannermen and you can hear That on the podcast so it's definitely Another way to be involved and, and participate So
1: yeah Absolutely so all right all, all right man well that's that's kind of it for us This week uh, you want to man the wall Here sir Ezra yeah
0: let's uh, we would like to give a shout Out to all of our um, our bannermen uh, Those who who, who have uh, helped us out In raven's nest and and support us And without these folks you know Um just we, we couldn't do it without him. I mean, uh, Sir Matt and I, uh, we do need help with, with uh, equipment. Um, we travel to, to, to conventions. Sir Matt just went to a uh, Comic-Con Wizarding World, you know, convention that we talked about at the top of the show. And uh, because of, you know, your kindness and generosity, it's, it's cool. We get to go out there and potentially meet new folks, interview people. You got some cool absolutely, yeah. stickers and stuff, you know, some, some yeah, merch absolutely. that we can that share. Super, super, super cool, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like that's it's 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 about that you know like i've always said writing a review participating in the facebook group um sending a raven those are all ways to support us but if you can mm-hmm. uh, man the wall and 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 help us out and you want to be involved in raven's nest uh then go sign up as a bannerman or a sworn sword and you can yeah. really get involved there um our bannermen yeah are, and yeah.
1: every and every 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 month uh i mean as we as you get as we get further and on like if mm-hmm. you're going to become like a new patron or something you get access to all the stuff
0: Oh yeah, all of it. Yeah, there.
1: it's not like it's not like oh, you just get that month stuff. It's like oh wow, there's like twenty podcasts on here. So yeah, yeah exactly.
0: And we we have more musings coming up uh, this week mm-hmm. that Sir Matt and I are going to work on, and those those have been fun. And and I have mm-hmm. been just as a warning, uh, reading the Winds of Winter chapters because I I am just that's where my mind's at is at the end of Dance of Dragons and Winds of Winter. So I will tell you I'll put a Winds um, spoiler there for any folks who yeah. ha- who didn't want to read that because I know years ago or last year I I hadn't read them and so we were getting emails right. from ghost of hall i was like what is this
1: <laughs> right and uh something we've been thinking about doing is a feast is yeah. it a feast of dragons
0: a feast of dragons is that, is that what
1: you is that what you call it yeah so yeah um that is a reread that's a way to reread the a feast for crows and a dance with dragons because they're they take place at roughly yep. the same time yep um some things kind of go back and forth and some things um there's are some chapters, like we've talked about before, the first John chapter and I think the first Sam chapter, uh, the first John chapter of A Dance with Dragons and the first Sam chapter in A Feast of Crows um, are the same events, but mm-hmm. through different perspectives. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool. And this is a breakdown of some, like somebody put this together and said, this is the order you should read it. Yeah. Um, so I want to give a shout out to that B. Bo- Fish. Bo- yeah, Brendan Beefish. It's both books, but it's put into an order that makes a lot of sense. And you've been going through it, Sir Ezra, and you said this yeah. makes way way more sense.
0: Oh, it's it's so cool. And and I think if you're worried about the pace on that, it would be a higher, it would be a faster pace. We might do a, an overall discussion of the first five chapters in that sequence and post the list and just because right now we're at the beginning of the series and you know Sir Matt and I have read the series, you guys have read the series, mm-hmm. so we're gonna continue with the main reread. But on Patreon, we thought. Dang, let's just jump it. This is kind of a cool way to bounce around. Cool way
1: to, yeah, yeah. Cool way to do it, and uh, that way, that way for some of the more seasoned uh, listeners, and yeah. in, in terms of reading, yeah. If you if that way, if you really want to start doing some of this, um, like the ch- the later chapters and, yep. and books and stuff, um, yeah. This is a cool way for us to kind of do it with you guys, yeah. um, yeah. So that, and and we can comment and all right. that kind of stuff there too. So it's just it's more chapters, but it's it's later in the series since. It, it kind of works out right now since we're at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we're still in a Game of Thrones. Yep. Um, and uh, so if you want to start talking about
0: the last two books, then boom, here's a cool way to do it. Then there it is. Yeah. And and as we and it might even help to have that. We were thinking, too, as a foundation for folks who come in later when Winds of Winter comes, we'll have another uh, big, big jump in in listeners. And it'd be nice to have that to fall back on to say, hey, if you want some discussion to kind of get your mind back into. You know, what happened in a Feast of Crows and a Dance of Dragons? Here it is um, as we dive into Winds of Winter when it comes out. You know, so, uh, it, you know, it, it might seem like it's all over the place, but it's we'll make sure that it's real structured and ordered, you know, for, for you guys to follow along uh, with the Feast of Dragons. It's been out there for a while, folks. I, I just came across it and was like, ah, eh. I was done with my POV rereads, and I thought, well, I need something different. I need a different, you know, thing, a way to, to go back and, and, and uh, get my mind in, in the right place uh to to discuss some of these theories that, that folks keep bringing up and that was presented to me as as an option so yeah yeah we'll get that when, when are we think about getting that going probably like in a couple months here or, or something uh yeah that, sometime uh, soon uh, we yeah because right, we, we, we have some a... show stuff we want to do for patreon um right leading in these next couple months but I, I bet around april you know we will be ready to or you know during the show or right right after we can start that so
1: Yep, yeah. absolutely. So,
0: all right, um, real quickly though, just our bannermen here. We have uh, Lord Jason, uh, excuse me, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lord Hunter the Foulmouth, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, uh, Lord Adam uh, the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, uh, the Ghost of Heron Hall, Lord Thanos of House Titan. And it was nice today. We got to talk with uh, Sir Peter and uh, hadn't, hadn't had a chance to talk with him. Uh, in Raven's Nest, the the first one, and he was able to get on uh, this time, and it was was awesome. A lot of fun. Good guy. All right. Well,
1: uh, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 52. Oops. Uh, Update the document.
0: (laughs) Chapter 52, John 7. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, uh, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.